This is the California Liberty Project Podcast. So welcome back to the California Liberty Project Podcast. My name is Greg. Once again, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Spotify if you would be so kind. Follow us on Instagram at California Liberty Project. And if you like what you're hearing, if you like any of these episodes, either this one or any of the great episodes we've had in the past, please go ahead and share that with other people you know. Spread the word about California Liberty Project podcast. Um, Really appreciate that. And thank you for being here today. So I was off last week and I'm back this weekend with a brand new episode. And as usual, there is a ton that is going on in California, Um, a ton that is relatively insane. Um, There are some sane things happening, but of course, this is the most diverse state in the nation, as all of you know. Totally the most diversity. We have the most radical uh, geographic diversity. We have the most social and cultural and political diversity out of any state in the nation. Um, You know, whether it's from our deserts to our valleys to the coastal regions, so many things are going on, even in Washington. Now, this is amazing, um, kind of a national story with relevance to California here, but I thought I would mention it. Senator Dianne Feinstein had been gone for several weeks, right? I mean, she's really old. I think she's like 89, pushing 90 years old. I don't wish any ill will or ill health on her. But apparently she had shingles or some serious health considerations going on. And she'd been gone for quite a long time. And then she was kind of wheeled back into the Senate, I think just this past week, and she did not look well. This looks like someone who probably needs to retire, and enjoy uh, her peaceful days, you know, resting, uh, cooking, watching Matlock, whatever it is. She doesn't seem well, and she doesn't appear to be able to do the job vigorously um, with the voting schedule, um, even the oration, you know, kind of uh, talking to reporters and whatnot. She's appeared confused on many occasions, and people are talking about this, right? She's one of our senators from here in California. So now it's coming out that, you know, this is the, the big controversy that People want her to retire. People are putting all this pressure on her to retire. Some people, it seems, want her to retire immediately, which might even make sense, right? Because she's clearly having some problems, um, you know, either auditorily or just, you know, mentally, whatever it might be. There are health problems going on, right? I don't want to be uncharitable here, but she's quite old. She's been in ill health. Some people want her out immediately. And a lot of people very cynically want her out because they want her Senate seat. Obviously, this is the gross part about politics. This is what's going on. Adam Schiff has announced on the Democrat side that he wants to run for her seat. But Nancy Pelosi, um, you know, essentially people are saying that she's got her daughter there as kind of a handler for Dianne Feinstein and that they're trying to to keep Dianne Feinstein in office um, as long as they can, at least through the election of next year. And so Pelosi's eldest daughter is like carting Feinstein around Washington, I guess. She's a handler for Feinstein. She's going to kind of like walk her through the next, what, year and a half um, until they can can get to the normal election cycle, as opposed to um, just basically having Dianne Feinstein retire immediately. 
And then there's a different process for filling her seat. I think Newsom would appoint her successor. And Newsom has said, oh, it wouldn't be Adam Schiff. It's going to be a black woman. Um, I guess probably Barbara Lee. But it always cracks me up that uh, these politicians like Governor Gavin Newsom can just announce, I'm going to fill your seat with someone who fits this box, you know, a black woman. And people are like, well, who is it the most qualified person? And they pre-announce just like Biden did with the Supreme Court justice that eventually was, um, you know, became Katanji Brown Jackson. But some of these uh, Democrat politicians will pre-announce the boxes that have to be checked. And then they say, it's going to be that it's going to be that demographic group. And so uh, I don't think Adam Schiff's people are very happy about that. I think Pelosi's kind of a Schiff fan or working for the Schiff campaign or whatever. And, uh, and so they're, they're trying to basically keep Feinstein in office, um, see if they can do so, uh, dare I say, weekend at Bernie style for the next year and a half. We'll see how that plays out. Um, just, just more political idiocy. This is the stuff that all of us hate about Washington, D.C. And these are our wonderful um, senators, you know, not our representatives. These are our senators, our august, uh, respected senators, right? that the people now elect, uh, which is unbelievable. There's another progressive uh, advance for you for the past hundred years or so. Um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. But today I want to talk just a little bit about California's $31.5 billion budget deficit. And uh, this is something that a lot of us kind of foresaw coming, you know, especially after the incredible good days of the past what, uh, one, two or three years when they had hundred billion dollar plus surpluses, you know, and Newsom and Democrat legislators and politicians around the state were just making it rain cash, right? Like a rap video. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, after, you know, years of failed policies, after exorbitant, incredibly idiotic spending on everything you could imagine, social programs, social engineering, Santa Claus stuff, lo and behold, now, all of a sudden, there's a giant U-turn, and we have a $31.5 billion budget deficit. And so this is a really funny situation that we're seeing play out in Sacramento and across the state. All of a sudden now, Governor Gavin Newsom, who had been making it rain, he had been Santa Claus for the past several years, well, now he has to be the voice of reason, or he has to pretend to be a reasonable man, a reasonable governor. He's got to be the fiscal conservative or the grown-up in the room, believe it or not, as horrifying as that is. He still has a $306 billion budget plan, which is gigantic, um, of course. And this budget plan is relying largely upon money raised from bonds, of course, and it taps into $450 million from the state's safety net reserve. So they're, they're kind of getting panicky. But now Newsom is having to be the adult in the room on certain things like this insane reparations plan that is now being talked about at the statewide level, certainly in San Francisco. Um, and when these conversations are kind of stuck or relegated to an insanely left-wing city like San Francisco, the rest of us in the state can kind of sit back and chuckle, right? We can kind of watch the train wreck unfold with what these people are doing to themselves locally you know, in a place like San Francisco, where it's like, well, yeah, of course, they're going to try something that's stupid. They're talking about like up to $100 billion in reparations payments, which dwarfs the size of the city's annual budget as it is right now, um, from my understanding. And so it's just insanity. We're used to that kind of insanity coming from San Francisco. 
and places like that. But no, now Newsom is having to recognize fiscal reality. And as I said, he's got to be the grown up in the room because he's realizing like, yeah, I want to be president. I'm getting ready to run for president. Nobody's sure how he's handling, um, you know, the thing with Biden. You know, he's got to kind of negotiate that. But he wants to be the number one post-Biden Democrat for the presidency. Everyone knows it. Uh, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But keep this in mind. Everything we see happening in California now, in Sacramento, and at least out of Newsom's camp, is being filtered through that reality, um, that perceived reality, that the guy is running for president. And so now he has to be pretend to be the grown-up in the room or the fiscal grown-up. And any fiscal grown-up can see that reparations payments, in aside from being insane, unworkable, um, it, just idiotic on so many different levels uh, that we could get into, but aside from all that, just fiscally, it makes no sense. There's almost no way to do it. And with the state, that's $31 billion plus um, in the red, you know, with this budget deficit, it just, it can't happen. I mean, it would, it would break the budget. It's insanity. Forget about all the, all the ways that it would actually be applied. I mean, you can look at those, um, which African-Americans, which black residents of California would actually get these reparations. How would people prove their lineage back to, back to American slavery? Um, what about people of mixed ethnicity? What about that type of thing? What would happen with um, Africans, Af- African immigrants who just recently came to the United States within the past generation or two? Um, all of these different things, which would be extremely awkward, difficult, uh, probably unconstitutional to look at, immoral, I would say, uh, discriminatory against various groups. All of these things would just make it impossible and unworkable, the plan. Um, and then aside from that, you know, what about other groups that had extreme discrimination um, at the hands of the government, you know, extreme injustices? What about the Japanese Americans that were held out near Lone Pine at Manzanar during World War II? Now, true, that was a federal program under FDR, but you can see the problems here. What about all the Native Americans who would have very legitimate beefs against the government, you know, with injustices that were perpetrated there? There's so many problems with the reparations payments that are now being pushed um, nationally, statewide, and then even in the city of San Francisco. Um, But it's just funny when Newsom has to stand back and say, no, 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 I don't support reparations at this time. We need to look at other ways to correct these historical injustices. That's what he's saying. Okay, um, whatever. We know why now he is sounding like a serious person who can look at a budget, you know, or at least do his own checkbook. We know why this is going on. And uh, has a lot to do with his his run for the presidency. Okay, so the state budget itself, we got to keep this in mind. In a state that's losing residents, now I'm not saying we've lost half our residents or something like that, but we've lost a small percentage of residents. California has lost, obviously, a congressional seat and an electoral college vote. The state is shrinking uh, for right now due to terrible policies and rising crime and all these things that we can discuss. But uh, the state the, the state budget itself is highly dependent upon extracting, stealing, taking money from the rich, and certainly from so-called upper middle classes. And a lot of these folks are currently fleeing the state. People like, you know, not everyone's like Elon Musk, but there are a lot of tech bros, tech CEOs. There are a lot of upper middle class engineers and workers for companies that have been leaving the state over the past few years. 
And that definitely um, makes the state's tax base take a hit. And so right now, Democrats like Newsom are feeling, they're feeling that sting. They're feeling that hit that we're taking due to their destructive and idiotic policies. And California at the time is shrinking. Now, people can come back and say, oh, California is not really shrinking. We have all these illegal immigrants coming in. So that's good, right? And nobody knows exactly how many immigrants, certainly illegal immigrants, are sneaking into California. Nobody really knows that. But in terms of actual taxpayers, because illegal immigrants, for the most part, are not paying taxes, um, certainly not under the same burden that actual law-abiding citizens are. Um but, but nobody knows that. And, and don't give me this, oh, illegal immigrants, illegal immigrants are also contributing to the tax base. Um, that's, that's a very minor contribution. Um, the state, as far as taxpayers goes, has been shrinking. Uh, we're losing population. And for right now, at least, it's the perfect storm. I'm not saying it's catastrophic. I'm not saying it's the end of government in Sacramento or anything like that, but they're having a really hard time because of some really bad and idiotic policies that many of us have been calling out for, for years. They're unethical policies, targeting the so-called rich, uh, that is immoral, targeting even upper middle class workers, upper middle income workers, that's immoral to go after them because they're the productive classes of society, um, favoring, favoring criminals favoring uh, people who don't abide by the rules, favoring evil, uh, even um, immigrants who have come in, and they're not evil, um, but even favoring them. Um, you know, these policies are something that they cause damage. And the law-abiding citizens, the actual taxpayers, eventually they, they wake up and they realize like, you know, this is not working out for me. I'm moving to Nevada. I'm moving to Texas, Idaho. Uh, a lot of people moving to Tennessee, as we've talked about before on this podcast, and we'll talk about it again. Florida, although what's going to happen in Florida um, if DeSantis does run for president or if he does get the nomination, um, Florida could go right back to where it was without a DeSantis type governor. Um, at any rate, you know, reality is starting to hit home. Um, and Newsom. I don't want to say to his credit because he's being forced to realize this, but Newsom is realizing that we have water crises, real water crises. And if we're going to have this whole large government setup situation out of, out of Sacramento, if government's going to run so many facets of our lives, if, 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 well, certain things should be kind of at the top of the priority list as far as what government's going to take care of for us. And what government's going to fund and manage, you know, whether you like it or not, all of our, you know, anarcho-capitalist friends are going to have a beef with any government. Of course, that's fine. Libertarian friends certainly are going to have a beef with it. But looking at reality as it is, that we do have a, a large government in Sacramento, we have to deal with reality today. And that reality should definitely lead us to, to say and put pressure on our elected representatives, uh, assemblymen, assemblywomen, and senators and everyone else in Sacramento, we should basically put that pressure on them and say, we need government to do what it's constitutionally obligated to do, and at least not stand in the way. And how about not get in the way of water delivery systems to citizens in, well, throughout the state and farmers in the Central Valley. And so Newsom right now, again, because the guy is prepping to run for president, he can't look like a nut job 
leftist from California. He just can't. It won't work. It won't work in Ohio. It probably won't work in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, you know, all those so-called Rust Belt states. Um, that populist right-wingers, populist conservatives, um, i.e. Trump, those could actually be won by a Republican if they sound populist enough, even Michigan. And this type of stuff, ignoring the infrastructure, if Newsom did that, and ignoring water delivery systems, water for the people, um, putting farmers out of work, you know, and um, crops being ruined, destroyed, um, all the idiocy of how California has managed its water situation, that will certainly be noticed by the rest of the country. And Newsom knows that, his polling people know that, his advisors know it. So he's got to once again appear to be the grown-up in the room, as the saying goes. And he is now fighting for fast-tracking and approving billions of dollars for major new construction projects, including some really important water projects. Again, not that government has to handle them, but because government does insert itself and government does handle these types of large infrastructure and water projects. Okay, well, they need to handle them. And there are two in particular that are that are interesting and, and really pretty important for improving California's water situation. These two are the much discussed um, the tunnels for carrying water underneath the Sacramento, San Joaquin Delta area. Um, and these tunnels would basically bypass, they would, they would essentially set up a water delivery system um, from north to south. And of course, it's drier in Southern California, certainly as you get down to LA and out to the deserts and whatnot. And so basically, it's a way to bypass the environmental you know, nut jobs in a way and get water downstate, um, which tends to be a little bit drier. And right now, it's it's insane that the environmental nutjob wackos have been able to hold up water delivery systems and cripple the state's um, water system in general, that they've been able to do it because of, once again, the delta smelt, certain types of salmon and other uh, creatures, other fish and whatnot. And that's still going on. I'm not even sure all those environmental groups are from the state of California. So we can talk about standing in the courtroom some other time. I think that's that's really got to be looked at. If out-of-state groups can actually be suing California or California government or water agencies, um, they, they don't have standing. They don't have a say in this matter, certainly if they're completely out-of-state. But at any rate, that's one of them. The tunnels are one of the big construction projects, which would really, they're really needed, essentially, to bring water down south to, to California, to bypass the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta. The other big one, the second one that I was going to mention, is a massive new reservoir for storage um, up near the Sites area. Sites is a small town in Northern California. And this reservoir is going to be built. It needs to be built. Um, lots of new reservoirs need to be built, essentially. But this is another one that's that needs to be funded, needs to be put through. And now all of a sudden, Newsom is is basically saying, hey, we need to move forward with these projects, um, in particular, the two that I just mentioned. And um, these two projects have been held up by the environmental nutjob lobbyist um, groups. They, they hold it up in the courts. They basically abuse um, the entire regulatory process. This is happening all over with water, with agriculture with uh, the oil and gas industry in this state, which was once uh, very thriving. One of the, California was one of the biggest oil and gas producers in the nation decades ago. This happens over and over and over again with these environmental groups having a veto power. It's like a heckler's veto. They can come in, they can just throw a monkey wrench in the works, and then they can 
sit back and say, ah, we did our job two years down the road, four years down the road as, as a lawsuit works its way through the courts. And um, even if there's resolution of an environmental lawsuit for some of these projects, then they can come back in with another environmental complaint or lawsuit in that two-year or four-year window, and they can throw things into the cycle once again. And so Newsom is basically trying to come up with a way to to uh, fast track these environmental lawsuits and reviews. And, and again, it's scary when the guy is actually sounding sane because these water projects need to happen. But keep in mind, he wants to run for president. He's got to look like he's somewhat reasonable. So he, he basically has to run away from or ignore his record of idiocy for the past, what, four years, five years. And now he's got to sound like um, he's a centrist. He, he makes a lot of sense, right? Um, and, and of course, it's BS. But we know that that is what's going on here. Um, so yeah, these people have to recognize, Newsom is trying to recognize political reality. He's becoming a pragmatist. And um, you know we're going to continue watching that because there could be actually some relief to citizens of California, you know, relief from insane policies that have been taking place as this guy gets ready for a vanity run for the presidency. Um, but yeah, all over the state, you know this, I know this, California is struggling to deliver on its most basic promises to its citizens, the most basic duties that the government is supposed to do for the people. And that's not to say that it can only be government doing these things. But once again, living in reality in 2023, we do have a government which is set up to not only deliver water and um, to, to provide uh, public safety as well and protection for life, liberty, and property. Uh, that's a pretty basic duty of government. And in many cities and many counties in California, um, everyone knows this, the government's failing. The government's failing in San Francisco and cities in the Bay Area, in downtown LA, all around LA, with allowing drug addicts to lie in the street, overdose, die. Um, homeless, drug-addled people can go through subways and metro lines and um, disturb, bother, attack, harass innocent people, commuters and whatnot, whether it's the bus, the metro. We've all seen these videos. We know what's going on. And right now, the state of California and its municipalities are failing to, to deliver on what they're supposed to do. Remember the whole social contract thing? Well, you know, there's there are two sides to that so-called contract. Now, I realize I didn't sign anything. I doubt you signed anything, but that's the pretense that we're operating under, right? Well, do you feel like the contract is being upheld? Um, you know, when you walk through parts of these cities, um, whether it is San Francisco, LA, or even smaller cities throughout the Central Valley, or even suburbs now, which are being partly taken over by uh, some of the insanity from the big cities. Um, so yeah, we need to make sure that residents and farmers and um, business interests here, you know, that's not to say business interests have the same rights as citizens. They don't. But people form these voluntary associations. People have property. Um, people set their lives up and they try to form entities such as companies, ranches, and what have you. And their property rights need to be respected. And um, they need to essentially be protected as well by this massive web of government. And right now with the crime and the drugs in the streets, hard drugs in the streets, um, the homelessness, you know, with homeless people being allowed to sleep 
on sidewalks to block traffic, to block foot traffic in some cases. And once again, you know, mentally ill homeless people harassing law abiding citizens. Right now, these basic obligations of government are going unmet. And we can trace some of this back, of course, to the insanity of the pandemic in 2020, you know, the summer of hate, all the George Floyd riots, the increases in multiple California cities in terms of violent crime rates, murder rate and whatnot. But some of this actually goes goes to times before 2020. Very importantly, you remember Prop 57. This is key. So Prop 57 was passed by voters in 2016. Now, this, this Prop 57 reduced the length of sentences for individuals serving time for violent crimes. This was a big deal. And it was packaged up and labeled as the Public Safety and Rehabilitation Act. Ooh, Public Safety Act. Who would vote against a proposition as public safety in the title? I wouldn't, right? Ridiculous. So it does just the opposite, public safety and rehabilitation. This is not rehabilitation at all. This is allowing violent criminals, hardened criminals back onto the streets. And it's the opposite of public safety. It's imperiled. It's endangered the public safety. Um, as criminals are being, you know, they were released, they have been released, they are being released back onto California streets more and more frequently. And there, there are a number of detrimental uh, effects that came over with that Public Safety and Real Rehabilitation Act, Prop 57. Um, so that, I mean, that has been a noticeable, I, I would argue it's led to a noticeable uptick in crime, um, particularly violent crime and property crime. But in addition to that, there's also been a large and well-publicized, even on social media, um, there's been a huge uptick in this illegal street racing all over the big cities and medium-sized cities of the state. There's been an uptick in these so-called sideshows. Have you seen this where these stupid idiots, they're standing on top of the cars, they're leaning out windows and they're doing, not wheelies, but they're doing donuts in the street, blocking out intersection. You get a bunch of these stupid idiots, hundreds of them standing around clapping and, you know, blasting music, um, taking over, blocking an entire intersection. That's what these sideshows are. They're a complete public menace. You know, if we're going to have public roads as opposed to privately run roads, we better have someone who is protecting innocent civilians, innocent citizens on those public roads. And in many parts of like LA, you know, you can, you can watch videos where there's no police response at all for, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, for a long time. It's almost like there are no-go zones in certain um, suburbs, certain cities around LA and other places too. And in this, it, it is an extreme danger. It's a huge threat, once again, to innocent people that live in those impoverished neighborhoods, those tough neighborhoods. It's a huge threat to people who are passing through on the roads. They get blocked out. They get threatened when they try to go around or they honk their horn. And uh, this is a this is a big problem, and it's you know you might say oh it's not happening in my neighborhood I haven't seen it myself but you don't want to get caught up in one of these stupid sideshows with these idiots um, and the street takeovers it it's a big deal, um, and of course now in San Francisco, Newsom have you heard this Newsom is sending in the CHP the Highway Patrol and the National Guard California's National Guard to help fight the city's drug and fentanyl crisis. Yeah, you heard that right. Can you believe this? So essentially, because the idiots, because the morons 
because of the degenerates in San Francisco's city and county government there, because they won't do anything about fentanyl. And it's not even that they won't do anything about fentanyl. Because these people encourage the degeneracy, because they fund and they back up and they support passing out drug paraphernalia on the streets as they're wearing masks, of course, but they pass it out. They subsidize it. They support this in some backward, upside down, bizarro world attempt to show kindness, mercy, and they think that they can actually snatch the flow and stop the um, spread of this drug epidemic on their streets, in particular in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. They're thinking that this is how we're compassionate by encouraging more of the same hard drug use on the streets, in public. There are places where, you know, famously there have been social media videos. There are a lot of kids, there are families that have to live in these neighborhoods. And they're not all just the tenderloin in San Francisco. There are a lot of districts, there are a lot of areas and neighborhoods around the state where there are people on meth and fentanyl um, sleeping under shopping carts next to normal middle-class neighborhoods. This is happening everywhere. But now, because in the city of San Francisco, things have gotten so bad, as we've all seen, you've certainly seen it with your own eyes if you've been there, things have gotten so bad there that now we have to have the rest of the state funding and subsidizing enforcement in their city. Now, I know there are probably turf wars and maybe this is a whole political thing like, okay, someone trying to to make the local San Francisco politicians and those city leader, leaders look bad. Maybe, maybe. I don't care about all that. The point is when things get so bad that our tax dollars are actually being wasted and they're being sent to San Francisco so we can clean up their act so we can assist with their public safety and doing something that the people of the city and their, their elected leaders that they refuse to do for themselves, this is a grave injustice. I say if San Francisco, if, they're, if they want to live like that, that's really more of a local issue. Now, we can always talk about spillover, you know, um, this, the crime, the drugs, the degeneracy. Does it spill over into, you know, other counties, other regions of the state? Maybe so. But I mean, that's just a good reason. That's just a really good argument for why we need to split up the state, why a lot of us want to have nothing to do with the city and county of San Francisco, for example, where this is happening. If those people want to run their city into the ground, it's a sad state of affairs, but we can't stop them from afar. And many of us people, you know, many of us here in the state live nowhere near San Francisco and that, that's their business. That's their problem, frankly. I want to have nothing to do with the people that run that city and what's going on there. I think that people dying of fentanyl and people dying of meth and other hard drugs in the streets, I think that's despicable. I think that's unchristian. I think it's, it's uncharitable. I don't want to live in a society where that's allowed and encouraged. I think those people need to be taken off the streets. Um, they certainly need they need help, first and foremost, from their families, from their natural communities. If there's no one there for them, at the very least, they need to be put in jail overnight or for periods of time. The bottom line is you cannot threaten people in public. You can't lay on a sidewalk or in a street. You can't just park your tent there and steal electricity from electrical poles or whatever. Like that's happening all over the San Fernando Valley. You can't do this. You can't be a menace to society lying there 
drugged out, high, and then having the citizens of that town or that city or that neighborhood have to walk around you or just not even go to that area or to that business or that sidewalk because you've taken it over. You're squatting there and you want to kill yourself in public. That's a sad situation. As a Christian, I want to get those people help if they will accept it. But if they won't accept it, they still have to be physically removed. We can't have this. And this speaks to a whole other problem that we encounter with the commons, with public property. It's, is it really public property? Whose property is it if no one will take care of it? If nobody will actually step in and fix the problems that are inherent there? We need to have that discussion. Um, You know, maybe not now, but sometime soon, um, for sure. Because it's a big problem in California. The drugs, the homelessness, the squatting in public, all these RVs. The RVs, you know, around LA and San Francisco, even Palo Alto. You go around the state and you'll see, you're going to see everywhere RVs that are parked with people that are squatting and living in there in squalor. And it's a sad situation. Um, There are a lot of reasons that contribute to that. But um, that's what I wanted to cover for today in today's podcast. Um, There's a lot going on, certainly in the state. It's not all bad news. I mean, there's a lot of good that's happening locally in the state. Um, But uh, that's that's it for today. Um, I'm going to be coming back very soon. Over the next few weeks, we've got some great guests coming up. So stay tuned, and we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you. This has been the California Liberty Project Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, share it with others, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter.